If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Boston Art Podcast. I am Brian Huntress. I'm Theodora Earthworms. And this is the episode... Yeah, we'll edit out the stupid stuff. Yeah, don't so worry. So when I say something egregiously stupid, you just exactly. Say, Thank you. Right. Thank Unless you. it's really, really funny, then maybe. Oh, that's I don't okay. Know. Yeah. Right. That, that'd be alright. <laughs> um, so this is this is where I work, and as you can see, I've been doing a lot of work the last year. I really um, we moved in last February. So you're at 300 Summer, and it's a, a gigantic, beautiful studio. Yeah. This is an amazing space. Yeah, yeah, this is the best space I've ever had. Wow. I'm really, I'm thrilled to have it. How long have you been in this space? Uh, since, not this past February, but the one before. Oh, wonderful. Mm. So, Very yeah, cool. it's pretty, still pretty new to us. Yeah. And not optimized. Um, the, the previous owners left a few things that we need mm. to get rid of. Right. But, you know, we took pity on them. They were recon- consolidating from um, uh, I don't know, two studio spaces and two living, sp- like, like live-work spaces yeah. down into one. And mm. they had so much stuff and so much stuff to deal with. And they, they tried to get rid of the chair, and there were no takers. So, oh. mm. you know, so there's a trip. So anyway, I... Uh, I have done many things in my checkered career. Um, I studied painting at Bard College. Hmm, where's that? Uh, that's in uh, the Hudson River Valley, upsta- oh, okay. upstate New York. Oh, beautiful area. Yeah, it's a wow. gorgeous area. It's you know, it's like the Hudson River School area. Mm. So that it has that amazing light. Um, Interesting. And. Uh, I was there during the, the sex and drugs and rock and roll years, so nice. I, I got, well, I got confused and dropped out because I was, our, our teachers were modeling this notion of like, well, in order to be an artist, you have to teach, which yeah. I didn't want to do, mm. and you have to live in Manhattan, yeah. which I didn't want to do. I mean, I grew up in Vermont, and I was terrified of New York. Yeah. And that was when, back when New York was pretty scary. Yeah. Mm. So. Before uh, I, uh, Giuliani. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was back when, you know, gangs were roaming the streets and, right. and people, um, although I, I knew a number of people who were squatting brownstones there at the time mm. in Brooklyn and places like that. So what, that what was, year did you graduate college? Or were, were you there? Uh, well, it, that's that's a long story. After okay. I, dra- after gotcha, I dropped gotcha. out of the bar, and <laughs> I did the starving artist thing for about oh. 12 years and finally said, no. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. N- not and, fun. Uh, and joined the corporate world. I did that for until 2015, and I only started painting again in 2015. Oh, wow. wow. So, what did anyway. you do corporately? Um, well, let's see. <laughs> I started out as a project manager in an environmental laboratory, um, and it was one of those dead-end jobs, you know, where, like, they would promote you just enough so that you were exempt from overtime mm-hmm. and then like give you way too much work that you couldn't possibly do yeah and so and you know and the pay was terrible so I went back to school and got oh no wait I'm mixing up my chronology 
I was in San Francisco for quite a while, and then I uh, moved back to Massachusetts, went to UMass, finished my degree um, in, com in communications, of all things, right? And so that led me into, I was working at the laboratory, decided to go back to grad school, got a degree in technical and professional writing. Oh, wow. wow. Um, yeah, so I was going to write for computers, and then I found out that um, you could also do medical writing mm. and editing. So I did that for a while. Um, I worked for uh, like a pharma company. They, they did like what they call backgrounders yeah. for um, pharma reps. And uh, that was kind of a black hat job a little bit. Interesting. And so then I went to, uh, I, I, you know what, they, what they're calling quiet quitting now? Yeah. I've heard of this. It used to be called uh, working to scale, yeah. which basically meant like I'm going to do what my contract says and no more. Like none mm -hmm. of those work smarter, not harder, you know, work all weekend, available 24-7. Yeah. No. What a strange you know, concept. Like, right? Working for what you were paid to be. Right. Be, be doing. Yeah. Right. And the hours that you're supposed to do. It. Right. Yeah. Um, Crazy. And while I was doing that, uh, let's see. While I was doing that, I was renting. I did have a studio in Dudley Square. That was actually a really nice works workspace, also workroom yeah. space, also. But I was all I was at work all the time, and yeah. I wasn't getting any work done. So at that point, I moved out. I left all my artwork behind. Oh wow. I said, you know, I'm I'm done. I'm done with art, not gonna do it again. And uh, so, uh, isn't it fun talking about myself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, they kept nagging at me. And yeah. so mm. I, I did from the pharma job, I went to Mass Medical Society and I edited one of their newsletters, professional newsletters, for mm. quite a while. Um, do you feel like that helps you as an artist in a, in a way to have like expert writing? In your it definitely background. does. It mm. definitely does. And then I did um, science grants writing and, um, and editing at Middlebury College up mm. in Vermont. Wow. Because we lived there for 12 years. Wow. And, uh, and I learned about like applying for grants and whatnot online and the philosophy behind grant writing. That also will come in handy at some point if I decide that I want to look for grants or residencies or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all this stuff, and you know, like I learned how to use spreadsheets. Yeah. I would never have learned how to use a spreadsheet. I don't really right? know how to use them currently. Yeah, and I learned like <laughs> spreadsheets, does. Google Docs, all right. that stuff. You know, yeah. so I stayed pretty current with the technology, which has really been helpful. Yeah, mm. those are good skills to have. They are. Especially, we've talked to a few artists recently about grant writing and how it's kind of it's so funny because there's money to be applied for through like Mass Cultural Council and stuff, but there's uh -huh. a lot of people that don't know how to even apply. Like yeah. the correct way to do yeah. that. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah. You know, it's like, my work is really good and my project's important and you should fund it. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's going to go in the round file immediately. Yeah. Interesting. So, huh. so in, in learning about like, like uh, professional writing and stuff, like, I guess I'm, I'm interested. I've never even heard somebody say the phrase like philosophy of grants. So was that, were those like literal, is that, did, did you I say, say philosophy of grants? Did I, I must, I might've misheard oh. you. No, I, I might've said that. Oh, okay. I might've, I, <laughs> I might've said it. I mean, there's, there's a way to ask for money. Right. And there's a lot of ways not to ask for it that are not going to get you anywhere. Interesting. Yeah. I like yeah. this, this, this way of thinking. 
Well, I don't know, because I, I feel like I'm definitely bad at asking for money. I'm in that category, <laughs> okay. for sure. Okay, well, <laughs> my background in technical writing helped. Okay, right. Um, it, it basically, all you have to do is read the call and read it carefully, mm-hmm. you know, and think about what is what are they asking for? Yeah. Give mm-hmm. them that. Don't give them some wacko project that you think is great. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if they want... And if your work doesn't fit what they want to fund, then don't apply. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, unless you've got the money to spare. True, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends. That's good advice. I think something to remember with stuff like that, too, is that the person reviewing the grant applications might not be an artist. So they might not be impressed with... Right. Like, yeah, it's not really not gonna, about your artistic integrity at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they're not going to care. Yeah. Mm. They're not going to care. They, they, want, they want something... Well, I was doing science grants, and they wanted something... Feasible, scalable, yeah, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with with arts, it's a little bit different. Right now, you know, they all want women, um, alternative candidates, as it were. Like yeah. they don't want white men. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'll be okay. <laughs> I think all of the white men will get along fine. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't want to sound sexist. Or no, anything. no, I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> but I am. I'm sexist. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, oh, that's awesome. um, anyway, I don't know. Do you want a, like a chronology or what? I've done. I've done cartooning. I've done printmaking. I've done illustration, book illustration. Looks awesome. Is this a giant wood block? That is a giant. That's a wood giant block. carving. Wow. That took me two and a half months to carve. That's crazy. Mm. And. Uh, Somewhere I have a print of it, but I will. That was that was the. Uh, <laughs> I have a friend who had this children's book she'd written because yeah. it's stories that she told her kids, mm. and she was looking for an illustrator. And she knows I'm an artist, obviously. So she said, "You want to work on a book, work on a book project together?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." You know, and it, it turned into this this hairball, um, <laughs> but uh, that was. Let's see if I can find the. Oh wow! Those are really neat illustrations. What kind of uh, medium are these? Are these in? Are they? Well, they're, they're barely hanging as a tail. This is this is the um, the digital version of the woodcut print. Oh wow! Oh, wow. You know, I started out. I hadn't done printmaking for a long time, and I, like I said, I really hadn't done any artwork of any kind much yeah. for a while. And she, I got back into art in 2015, and she approached me in 2016, mm-hmm. and I said, and I, I had heard about this, this company, I guess I'd call them, um, called Big Ink. Mm-hmm. You know them? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not familiar. Okay, they're, they're, they have, no. they have a, a large portable press for oh, cool. doing relief printing. Oh, wow. Right. So, you know, I mean, some people do relief printing with a steamroller. Yeah. Um, and you could do really big prints that way. Yeah. Yeah, that blew my is mind it, is this when the, I first... Isn't it a program where they travel with a huge yes. press? I, yes. I actually have heard of this, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I, I saw their call, and I applied, and yeah. I got in. And I, I was like, hey, Lily, my friend. Lily, look, I'm going to do this woodcut for the, for the book. And she's like, oh, great. How big is it? I'm like two, three, two feet, no, three feet by four feet. <laughs> and so, anyways, it took two and a half months. Wow. Unreal. Um, and I, I met him at one of their events. We, we pulled off uh, several prints, all of which have sold. Um, I may pull more prints from it. I don't know. I made the mistake of carving on the backside oh. because that's a hella expensive piece of wood, right? Huh. So, because um, it, it's Sheba, Sheena. 
Not Sheba. Huh. That's the dog. Right, yeah. <laughs> Not familiar it's, with the Sheena, type of wood. It's a, it's a, a Japanese wood that has a, like a very soft plywood um, top on it. Mm -hmm. I think it's birch, beech, something. Cool. And uh, it's very easy to carve. It's much easier to carve even than, than linoleum. Wow. Yeah, very easy to carve. So anyways, uh, but the downside of that is I decided to carve on the back side. Yeah. There's another, this illustration is also a woodcut. Um, oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> another two and a half months carving macaroni and cheese. I thought I would go out of my mind. <laughs> um, wow. But you guys are free to look at it if you like. Thank the way you, you did the, the webs and the cast shadow was incredible. Thank that you. That blend or that switch. From negative to, to positive. Or, yeah. yeah, that's incredible. Well, that's, like I'm I having said, a hard I did, time wrapping my head around how that I happened. did a lot of cartooning mm -hmm. back in the day. And I studied a lot of masters like, um, well, I didn't do a lot of cartooning myself. But I studied masters like hmm. uh, Will Eisner hmm. and um, S. Clay Wilson. And just, uh, and I worked at Last Gasp, who was a comics publisher distributor. So, oh wow! Okay. So I had I had access and an employee <laughs> discount. There you go. <laughs> so I have a great collection of comics, and it's, you know, a lot. Of, comics is a really underappreciated art form. Mm. Hmm. I mean, it isn't now. Back when I was doing it, which was. Uh, late seventies, early eighties. It definitely was. Yeah. What yeah. were the main like? Was it were they just mainly just to either books or newspaper or magazine? It was, it was underground comics, underground oh, okay. comic books. Oh wow. So like, if I don't know if you've ever heard of Justin Green. Not familiar. Um, he did uh, Binky Brown meets the Holy Virgin Mary. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to get you too far off the track, but I I, I will show you some of my comics. Yeah, if, of course. Oh, please go interested. go yeah. all over the place. Um, totally okay. So anyway, so I did that for a while, and that teaches you a lot about positive and negative, mm -hmm. and yeah. about light and how to treat it and deal with it. Yeah. Um, but when I got back into painting, uh, oh, I was going to, the problem with working on both sides of the block is that I damaged this side of it. So any Aww. prints pulled from it from now on are going to have those, that damage hmm. available or visible or yeah. whatever. Um, let's see. Then I got into, uh, I grew up in Vermont and... Uh, we lived up there for 12 years. I took a lot of photos. Yeah. And I, I just, I love the lamb, landscape up there. So I was doing paintings of that, like mm. realistic, representational. And I spent a, a couple of years at um, Shepard Maudsley's studio in West Newton, which is a great print studio if you're interested in printmaking. They have just about every press that you can imagine. Oh, wow. And ongoing classes. They have a giant, um, one of those giant uh, inkjet printers. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and they also have, uh, losing track here. Oh, they have, for silk screening, you have to expose a film to get, to burn the screen mm -hmm. so that you can work with the screen. Um, and yeah, yeah. most of most of the exposure units are yeah, maybe this big, your standard exposure unit. They built one that's more like the size of 
maybe two of these rugs next to each other. Oh wow! wow. Two so these floor cloths. So it's huge, and they're you know they're doing printing on like an industrial scale fabric printing. Wow, that's crazy. That's some really cool stuff. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. That sounds so useful too. Like the amount of things that you can do with because for the listener, I guess it's the normal size of a screen would be maybe like two by two feet at the mm -hmm. most versus yeah. like six by six feet. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. So you can do like reams of fabric if you want to. Yeah. And they have. Yeah. They have. One of the principals, Liz Shepard, mm -hmm. just did a show with uh, another woman who does printmaking there. And I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember where the show is, but it's it's canvas cots yeah. that have been printed with to represent the people who stayed on them. Oh wow. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about I guess like how you came up and like what brought you to the arts in the first place? Maybe just, what drove you to go to the art school that you went to? Um I just always really loved color mm -hmm. and have been and comic books. <laughs> like the first the, my first crush ever was on a comic book character. Oh, really? Which one? He, was, he was just some random guy <laughs> in a comic, right? And I was like, oh, God, he's so cute. Oh. <laughs> I tore out his picture, and I slept with it under my pillow. Oh. You know, I might have been all of 12, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was another, there was another, like, weird, not really important episode, but mm -hmm. it sticks with me. Um. You've seen bingo chips like, yeah. that are, that are, I found some bingo chips that were, they were about that big and they were deeply, brightly saturated color, Yeah. you know, and I discovered that if I overlaid them, I could make other colors, mm. you know, and I went, I spent like weeks playing with them and looking through them and doing, yeah. so, you know, I just always been in love with color. So That's really fun. It looks a lot of possibilities too, because when you have a good understanding of color, I feel like you can apply that to any medium really like you can accomplish a lot with versatility with that hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh-huh. It's a good skill set to have. <laughs> yeah. And what about also, what about learning art? Like, or when you were at Bard, you talked about how the professors were just, were pushing you towards just only teaching. Like, you have to teach. Like, what? Well, that was, that was kind of like, this is what you need to do to survive as an artist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And which was probably true at the time. And most of them were abstract expressionists. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they all, they all lived what they talked. You know, yeah. They walked the talk. 
They were, um, they had studios in Manhattan, and yeah. they took the train up and taught at Bard during the week, and then went back to their studios and openings and whatnot on the weekend. Yeah. And they probably all had studios at Bard as well. Hmm. But. That sounds like a great life. Yeah, uh, right. Sounds like an expensive <laughs> life, too. Very, very. It was not a cheap school even then, and now hmm. it's crazy expensive. Wow. So. It's interesting, too, to think about how, like, the typical advice that you get from a professor in art school changes with what's popular in the art world. Like, right now, I feel like there's a version of that, but you get, everybody wants you to make conceptual art. They're like, it doesn't matter what you're painting about, your technique doesn't really matter as long as you can write a good artist statement. It's like, (laughs) it's just interesting. What What do you make of the big focus on artist statements and, like, wall text with conceptual art with your background in professional writing? I, I'm, I'm with Louise Bourgeois. I think it's unnecessary. I think mm. it's stupid. Mm. Um, somewhere there's a quote that I saved because I loved it so much. It's like, <laughs> and, well, her idea is you know, the art speaks for itself. If you know anything I can say about it is just literature. Yeah. You know, it's just an editorial. Yeah. I tend yeah. to agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do yeah. too. Yeah. Hmm. That, I've actually heard that from other artists that went to, that graduated in the 70s or 80s or even 60s from art school that mm-hmm. they were pushed and pushed and pushed towards abstract expressionism. Mm-hmm. I knew one man who said that when he was in school that he, the professors told him that he should only do abstract expressionism because that's all he'll see for the rest of his life. Mm. You know, which mm-hmm. obviously wasn't completely true (laughs) it's obviously i mean there's obviously still tons of abstract expressionist art happening but as far as it being the primary art movement yeah it's not i mean i think at this point it's in reruns right yeah Mm. (laughs) that's yeah that's probably true you know i mean i there's still a lot of like abstract expressionist stuff leanings in my new stuff Mm. Mm. you know like that's a fairly new one the large one back there it's beautiful and it's thank you and it's um it's just gesture. Yeah. Mm. You know. So one thing I, I think is interesting, too, just about the landscape of your studio is that I'm seeing a lot of representational stuff, a lot of experimental stuff, and a lot of abstract stuff. Like, you know, there's a large range of, of subject matter and technique. Uh-huh. I guess, like, what do, you, what do you make of the, you know, being involved with Fort Point and, like, all of the art in this community? Like, what do you make of the focus or the popularity of abstract art in this area? Or if maybe you don't think, don't see it that way, but I feel like there's just so much abstract expressionism, maybe even in Boston. Yeah. Huh. Or like in the galleries, or I don't know. Do you see it that way, or maybe you have a different opinion? Not necessarily. I actually tend to think of Boston as a a kind of a conservative art market. Mm. Um, There is a certain amount of, I don't know, there's a certain amount of conceptual work. I actually, you know, I have not, to my shame and to my detriment, I have not been to nearly as many uh, First Fridays as I would like to go. And I really, you know, I don't know many people in the building. We've only been here, well, only uh, a year and a half, but it was a pandemic year and a half. Mm. Yeah, right. Changes the scene a little bit. (laughs) You know, we see each other in the hallway and say, we've got to have that glass of wine sometime. Okay. Bye. That never happens. Yeah. Do they have first Fridays here at three three hundred summer? No. Oh, okay. No. I'm, t- I'm talking about walking over to Harrison. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've only been through there a couple times. There's definitely some interesting stuff There's happening. Some great Big diversity stuff. of work. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I actually have been surprised at how much figurative stuff I've seen. Yeah. Representational. So. 
Yeah, that's true. There's a, I feel like there's a lot of um, photography here, too. Yes. Like, a lot of people photographing, like, um, like landscape photography and city photography uh-huh. a lot of the time. I feel like I see that a lot. Yeah, I do a lot of that, too, but that's just to, that's just notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't take it seriously, and I certainly don't consider myself a professional. Yeah. But, uh... Well, it's interesting, too, because I'm noticing, it seems like you have a wide range of mediums that you use. Like, there's, is there something that you consider your specialty? Not yet. Okay. I haven't, I haven't found it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that answer. I haven't found it. I mean, I've, I've tried, I've tried, uh, I haven't tried oils. Yeah. And I don't want to, mostly because of the solvents and, mm-hmm. yeah, those and are all tough. of the, the mess. Yeah, the mess involved. I want water to clean up. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy that way. Yeah. But I see your work on fabric. I see work on board, canvas. Um, it sounds like you mentioned digital, like printmaking, um, yeah, this is painting, I assume. This is mostly digital, actually. After the first two woodcuts, yeah. I realized that I would die before I finished the book. <laughs> so <laughs> because there's like fifty illustrations. Well, there were originally fifty. I think we now we, we pared it down to forty eight. Yeah. But um so I, I got an iPad and I taught myself procreate. Oh wow. So incredible. Was this your first big procreate project then? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Jump right in with the book then. Twenty sixteen <laughs> oh, yeah. you said? Um, yeah, it was hmm. finished in 2017, 2018, and published in 2020. That's pretty mm. fast turnaround for that many illustrations, though. That's a lot. So, it seems, so it seems like you're 100% excited to and very proactive about new mediums and new territory. Yeah. You'll just yeah. jump right in. Yeah. How absolutely. do you think that you found that? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that are maybe the opposite, where they want to just stay in one, one oh, thing. Oh, I'm a neophile. I, I, I love new stuff. I mm. love I love new music. I love new art. I love you mm. know going new places, traveling, yeah. learning new things, new languages. It's just you know I like being on the cusp. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Do you feel like you grew up that way? Like were you like that uh, as a kid as well? At, I guess yeah. I was. I came from a. A reasonably conservative family. I mean, you know, my parents voted Republican up to and including, I think, Trump. Oh. I, th- mm. I think my mom jumped ship before that, and after a couple of years mm. of Trump, my dad said, no, "I voted I, wrong." You know, yeah. well, well, he said, "No, I I haven't left the Republican Party, but they've left me." Mm. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that's a pretty popular sentiment. I feel like with yeah. older gentlemen, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so what did they know, do for so work? Dad was a doctor, and, you know, Mom was a homemaker. Wonderful. But she also uh, was, like, a promoter of the arts Mm. locally. She she helped found a music festival, classical music festival, at Killington. Oh, wow. And um, she also was instrumental in getting, like, an old deserted theater in our local town um, renovated. Revitalized. That's really cool. Wow. Sound like both... Probably like kind of go getter attitude, like making things happen. Yeah. So yeah, definitely mm. very, yeah. very go getter, very energetic, very yeah. uh, proactive. Mm. Do you cool. feel like that artistic spirit was kind of given to you, like like through through your mom's work with all of that that stuff? Yeah, she also she did some painting mm. as oh, well. Nice. You know, but I, I I'm not sure how serious she was. You know, I mean, she always loved the arts, yeah. but kind of in a an upper middle class way, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, oh yes, we support the arts and, you know, and, and I, I love this and I love that. And well, that's, 
interesting. <laughs> that yeah. was her favorite word for anything that she didn't really quite oh. understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. You know, she always made it sound positive, but yeah, <laughs> I could tell she didn't really know what to think about it. Yeah. Did she like your art? Um, she. No, my my art worried her. Well, well I was doing cartooning, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I didn't get back to um, painting until after she died. So, mm. yeah. she was, you know, she, when I was doing a cartoon, the cartooning, she's like, "You're gonna end up living in a dumpster." Oh. <laughs> and you're like, "No, mom, I'm gonna live in a factory." Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or what used to be a warehouse or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what kind of cartooning were you doing at the time? Um, it was what they called underground comics. Oh, you were illustrating comics? Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. That's awesome. So, and what, yeah, and so what, I did what decade was it? This was during late, college? Late 70s, early 80s. So I've, it was wow. after college. I've never yeah. heard of that. The, the earliest stuff I've heard of was like like zines and stuff from the 80s and 90s. But it seems well, like... Well, it was, it was the same era. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I also did... I also I did do a couple of zines. I was messing around with Color Xerox at the time. See, that's that neophile thing again, Okay, right? yeah. yeah. Cool. You know, I, I wanted to do... So I was, I was doing paintings on paper and then manipulating them with Color Xerox. Cool. Uh, which wow. at the time they only had three toners. Yeah. You know, like the, the CY was yeah CYM. I don't think there was even K. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what would that process look like? Like manipulating it with the Xerox? Um, it basically it didn't reproduce things exactly. Okay. And so I learned when you know when I painted stuff, I would draw it with markers, paint over it with white paint. Yeah. And it would bleed through. Oh. And then I would copy yeah. that, and the Xerox would only pick up certain things. Oh, so neat. It, it made it really weird and distorted. Yeah, that's really cool. Like sort of a visual static kind of element to it. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. What kind of community were you in, and when you were making? Or I'm actually really uh, even more interested in the underground comics. Like, were you going to different shows and events and exchanging them, or like trading um, with other underground comic artists? I, you know, I didn't really need. <laughs> need to do that because I was working at Last Gasp, so mm. um, the artists were coming to the the, the warehouse yeah. to talk to the publisher, Ron. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I met I met Crum, I met um, you know, R. Crum, Robert Crum. I wish I was more familiar. Oh man, you guys did it. <laughs> yeah, we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met all the big names at the time. Cool, and wow. and was roommates with Melinda Gebby, who is now married to Alan Moore, um, oh. who, if you know who he is, he's the guy who wrote uh, v, v for Vengeance, and uh, I, he wrote The Sandman. You guys really are not into comics, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, let's, we don't have to go there. <laughs> no, I'm totally no, interested. I'm interested. We love new stuff, too. Yeah. All right, well, let's... Let's get into it. Yeah. Well, let's never mind my stuff. <laughs> Let's go look at the classics. Oh, wow. Got a library in here. This is the office? Yeah, this is my husband's office. He oh, teaches, cool. Uh, he teaches... Oh, God damn it! he's been moving my comics around again. <laughs> <laughs> so, seriously, I can't find anything when he does that. Ah. That drives, drives me nuts. Right, let me see if I can find something. That's a hell of a ring light. Is that for, like, Zoom stuff or uh, he does, different yeah, production? He, he, oh, okay. Yeah, he's got a client in Spain and another one in Russia. Wow. And i got to get one like that. It's Japanese cool. Japanese clients, but... Cool. Uh, oh, yeah. It was, I collaborated with a friend on a, a zine called Water Drinkers. Oh, cool. Here, you want to flip through this deal? Yeah. And roll the recorder. 
and it went through quite a few, oh, quite a few iterations. And here's, here's one of my uh, color Xerox zines. Oh, oh my gosh, this is really cool. Thank you. You know, it's funny, I feel like I've uh, experimented with and done so many, oh, these are beautiful prints. Wow, they do not look like this anymore with photocopiers and stuff. No. No, this is um, so cool. I wish I could get a hold of an old one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like, it it's like weird thick, stuff. colorful ink. Yeah. They look like real prints rather than just printers. Wow. Which is yeah. kind of a weird thing I just said if you think about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of printer prints. Yeah. Right. Or like they feel like a, like a block print almost rather than something. Because maybe I, I, I guess I've just grown up with just very, you know, flat printer uh -huh. Here, I don't want to ruin this. It seems so delicate. That's such a cool uh, thing. Have you ever thought about like re reproducing all these these older um, distribution, these older runs that you've made? Not really, no. Hmm. It's sort of like, you know, I did it and now it's done. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I moved on. Yeah. Um, there was a woman in San Francisco and I was there who was doing really large work on, on rice paper. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I couldn't afford that, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. she need, you needed access to a really big color Xerox, yeah, and to the rice paper and all the rest of it. So some barriers this is there my, like, financially. Scrabbling, scrabbling on the. Uh, uh, I forgot all about water breakers. <laughs> see, that's what happens. Let me see if I can find you some. Okay. Have you have you ever heard of the Hernandez brothers, Love and Rockets? No. Wow. <laughs> this, this is a number one. Mm. If, if you're into comics, it's a big, hairy deal now, number one of anything yeah. oh, wow. popular. Uh, let's see, Frank, Jim, Popat, Charlie Plot, Les, Yummy Fur. There's probably somebody who's like a huge uh, comic fanatic listening right now, cringing at how me and Theo don't know, <laughs> know. anything. And they're like, I know what that is. Don't tell them where I live. <laughs> <laughs> right. we actually, we have a cartoonist, a very talented guy, in the building. This, this, this is Will Eisner. He was one of the people who was responsible for getting me into the comics world. Not personally, but I just loved his artwork so much. Yeah. Right. I mean, look at oh, how he cool treats stuff. light and shadow. Yeah. It's gorgeous. What do you make of, like, you know, people say that a lot about uh, anime art right now. Uh-huh. Where they talk about, like, there's a, it, has, it can have a stigma to it where some uninformed people might think that it's not as complex or doesn't take as much skill but it seems like the complete opposite where it takes like a really strong artistic mind to be able to produce comic art or anime with that like beauty of, of light and movement uh -huh. and stuff like yeah, I it's it's a lot more like filmmaking hmm. than drawing or it's like the bastard child of film, filmmaking and drawing hmm. um, because you have to consider each panel as a scene yeah that leads logically from the previous one and into the next one. And the use of line is so different with comics, I feel like, than like just drawing for to draw, because you're using mm -hmm. a lot less to do more. Like It's more expressive a lot of the time, but you're also not getting every single detail. It's more about gesture, almost. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Let me put that back in the stack. Anyways, mm. I don't mean to bludgeon you with Oh no, but that's what we're oh, here have for. You, have you read, <laughs> to be bludgeoned. Okay. <laughs> have you read Fun Home by Alison Bechdel? 
Oh, yeah. That graphic I, novel. I read that a few years ago, and it, it was it blew my mind. I have it. Um, I wish I could find Binky Brown meets the Holy Virgin Mary, because that's like, it's an original copy from like the mid-60s. Oh, wow. He was, uh, Justin Green was the father of sort of autobiographical yeah. cartooning. Mm, kind of uh, like memoir type work? Uh, well, yeah, except this <laughs> This is about his, um, god damn it, it's, it's hidden <laughs> here somewhere. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm not going to be able, able to produce it, but it's, it's about his uh, adolescent neuroses um, around his sexuality. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. And um, because he grew up half, he grew up going to Catholic church, yeah. and it was loaded down with Catholic guilt. Yeah. Um, but his dad was Jewish, so and you know, then you had the Jewish guilt, right? So yeah. he had he had guilt from both sides, and uh, so, anyways, he just wrote this incredibly confessional, personal comic. Yeah. And illustrated it in a fascinating way. I mean the. The cover is the Holy Virgin, he's on his knees, and the Holy Virgin Mary is holding his head and saying, Speak, my son. Yeah. And, and Binky is saying, But my thoughts, impure thoughts. And there's oh. a snake coming from behind him, like out between his legs, yeah. out towards the Virgin Mary and laughing. Oh, that's wow. Just, that's a great image. That Sounds is like really a good cool. piece. Yeah. Um, and you said it was published in the 60s? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really yeah. neat. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wait, That's 60s? No, early. I would say early 70s, actually. Yeah. Mm. Not 60s. But um, Crum, our Crum, Robert Crum. Oh, man. I'm going to have to send you guys a raft of names. Yeah, to of course. Please do. Yeah. I will. I totally will. Awesome. Um, can I get you some water? Or I'd love a water. Please. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Oh, water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to have to have all of the ones I put in your glass. Uh. <laughs> Every single water there is. Right. So, in terms of the underground comic stuff and this guy with this, like, writing about sexuality and, and religion and whatnot, I'm curious, like, was that... Because like I feel like a lot of people are exploring subject matter of cultural identity, sexuality, and gender right now. At the time, with these comics and stuff, was that like extremely taboo or was, kind of like out of nowhere? Well, it was you know it was the '60s, sort of sex, drugs, and rock and roll era. So, hurt my fingers. On my oh, it's okay. <laughs> if you don't want, I speak now or forever. Well, please. No, it's okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, Nathan Pyle. I know that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Alien comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. Mm. I'm a fan. The one thing that I, I'm sad about is that the drawing isn't nearly as uh, complex as mm. it was back then. That's an interesting thought, actually. You feel like comics have become <laughs> way more simplified? Very much so. Hmm. Very much so. Why do you think that happened? With rare exceptions. I don't know. 
Honestly, hmm. I don't know. I would like to say, oh, kids today can't. Right, but gotcha. Of course, that's stupid. Of course, they can draw. Do you, do you think it could... It's a question of preference, like stylistic preference. You know what I wonder if it could be, if I had to just make some absurd guess? Maybe, could it be, like, with, like, cartoons and TV shows being more popular, like, where uh, animated animations may be... Like, it might be better for those to be, like, more economical, drawing them simpler, and then people just being influenced by TV. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm Maybe. talking about. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I, know, I know, like, the Disney cartoons, for instance, okay, must have yeah. cost the earth to produce, mm. even back yeah. when he wasn't paying them a living wage. Yeah, so. yeah, he has a pretty bad reputation these days, right? Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> well, so does Will, Will Eisner, actually. He oh, was, really? Be, being a man of his time, mm -hmm. there's uh, there are a number of stereotypes. Like, you know, all of the women are, are voluptuous, mm -hmm. and either, you know, they're either virgins or whores. Mm. Yeah. And and black, he's got a little black sidekick. Oh wow! Uh, who's who's I mean, he looks like a he looks like a gollywog doll, you know, oh, with man. a big white mouth and like right, and yeah. says show enough and stuff like that. Oh no! Yeah, for yeah. so being described as a man of your time usually isn't a great thing. It's not great. You want to <laughs> avoid that if possible. It was like damning with faint praise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he tries. Right. He means well. He means well. Right. Damning with faint praise. Is that what you said? Yes. I like that. That's good. <laughs> I think that's Shakespeare, actually. Really? And you know, so many of the things that we say every day are Shakespeare. It's that's true, huh? I know. Hmm. So you said you moved in here about a year and a half ago, uh -huh. and were were you completely new to the Fort Point at that point, uh -huh. or were you already? Oh, okay, cool. What do you make of a uh, a Boston of working in, in this art community? Um, I really like it. Hmm. I really like it. It's it's great to have people around who aren't. You know, like, oh, you like, you do little pictures? Isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> people who kind of get it are on the same Yeah, way. people who kind of get it. Um, that said, the seaport's a little bit weird. Yeah. Because we were in Cambridge before near Central Square. Oh, And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's <laughs> such a great neighborhood you could walk anywhere, you know, do anything on foot. There are all these little mom and pop shops. Yeah. Although that's starting to change now. But, mm. um, that's true. But even here, we you know every time something closes, a bank moves in. Mm -hmm. like, who need needs so many right. banks? Why? A lot of banks. Yeah, banks and high-end restaurants and condos and mm -hmm. <laughs> luxury and here, apartments. And here, there's there's nothing else. Yeah, you know, it's just all that stuff. There's a few small shops, but uh, independent shops. But basically, yeah. it's chains. Yeah, it's interesting too that there's an arts community here because there's also. Like there's FBAC, there's um, the ICA, there's mm -hmm. like different arts events that pop up in this area, and then that. <laughs> so it's like there's such an interesting disparity because I feel like usually you find arts communities in less, I guess, gentrified spaces. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Less affluent well, this, areas. This or... neighborhood used to be that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's since. I mean, there was no there was no grocery store. There's still no hardware store. I think there used oh, to be wow. a hardware store, and now there isn't. That's weird. Actually. Sounds and inconvenient. Yeah. It's kind of a pain in the ass, actually. <laughs> yeah, whenever we want to, there's certain things we want to go shopping for, we hop in the car and go to Central Square. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, right, because that's where you're going to, yeah. Yeah. Huh. 
It's, it's definitely interesting, too, how different each little borough of Boston is. Like, every single one of them, I feel like, has a very different identity and a different yeah. kind of scene in a very small city, which yeah. is kind of neat. Yeah, I wasn't really aware, you know, because I've lived in a lot of the outlying neighborhoods, yeah. and I never lived in the city proper yeah. before, I wasn't aware how small it is. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I can walk to where we used to live in Cambridge in 45 minutes. I know, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> do you drive or do you, are you public uh, transit or anything um, like that? We, we, we do have a car. When we moved back from Vermont, I sold, we both had cars, and yeah. I sold my car. My husband was going to sell his car and just kind of never got around to it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's his problem because mm. the parking here is awful. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And it's expensive if you want to like rent a spot or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so you pull out the rent payment. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Terrible. I think that is the biggest thing working against the arts community in Boston is how expensive every single thing is. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. Just a lot. I think it can cause a lot of like grief too in terms of like financial stuff in terms of like art outreach because i feel like one problem boston has that could be a blessing and a curse is that it's really not forgiving or easy to come here even mm -hmm. just for a day yeah. if you don't like if you just have to drive in from some other place or town mm -hmm. or city or something it's like a, a literal nightmare yeah like bringing a car or even if you don't i don't know what and i feel like that can kind of complicate things like even with just like art events or something it kind of causes the people showing up to things to only be here. Mm. Yeah. Like it's like, which is, I don't know, maybe some people want it that way. I don't know. It is interesting though, because um, part of how we met, both of us were arts organizers and I was mm -hmm. living in Boston and you were living in Rockland at the time. And we both had events every single week and knew about it and we're Facebook inviting and whatever, but we never went to each other's events because <laughs> we were at Rockland hard. with a yeah. car and I was right? in the city on the train. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> Right. It's just funny. It's interesting because trying to create a scene or a space or whatever you want to call it where people from like an hour away, like on the South Shore or North Shore, mm -hmm. it's hard to bring them in to that mm -hmm. kind of same space. Mm. But to redirect a little bit though, back to, we got sidetracked a little bit, mm -hmm. but do you want to talk about what you're working on right now and the kind of things that you're into at the moment? Um, <laughs> right now, I've, I've been going hammer and tongs because like I said, this, this, um, oh, well, well, maybe I didn't. The yeah. Open Studios is coming up in October. Yeah, it's going to be the first time that I've ever opened my studio to the public, and so mm. it's you know high stakes for me. It's like, oh yeah. my god, it's my <laughs> it's my debut. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready That's for exciting. my close up, Mr. Deville. Is this wall over here like, like a a huge piece of canvas? Oh, is that is that <laughs> like movable? You can break that down or something? No. no oh, okay, I wish. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's it's um. It's particle board. Oh, okay, back gotcha. there. You can see it down below the canvas. Oh, wow. Gotcha. And, and it was just so dark in here that I had that piece of canvas. And we, we tacked it up yeah. just to bring a little more light in here. Well, we get no direct light after, probably after next month until March. Mm. Oh. Like nothing. Yeah. We get mm. like a little shaft in the morning. Yeah. So. That's a shame with all these windows, too. <laughs> I know. Well, the, the windows are at saving grace, though, right? Yeah. Right. If we didn't have those, it'd be really dark. But this is actually the better side of the building to be on. Um, yeah. It's an old building, you know, not super well insulated, and the, the people in the front kind of toast. Strike that from the record, because oh, okay. sure, <laughs> we're, sure, we're sure. looking for tenants, so <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> don't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs> but they, they roast, and we do pretty well. We can yeah. leave the windows open. Oh, half wow. the summer, which is nice. Yeah, that is really nice. 
This is a really cool unit, too. I know you were in the restroom, but we were talking earlier about the people that lived here before. You said they were an artist and architect? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's mm. really neat. You yeah, know, and this space actually, I think it won some kind of award. Oh, really? design award, yeah. Wow. For the, the for, interior for, design for of the this? For the build-out, yeah. Wow. Because it was an empty room when they moved in, right? It was yeah. just a warehouse room? Yeah, somewhere. It's beautiful. I wish I knew where. Somewhere we have photos of it. Wow. And it's, it was even missing like half the floor in the studio space. Oh, wow. <laughs> when we go back in there, you'll notice that half the floor is plywood and not yeah. the original flooring. Mm. That's yeah. exciting to be in a space like this, though, because it must feel like you have a lot of creative freedom. It, it does and it doesn't. Like, there's, there's part of me that's gotten into this. Uh, I definitely have creative freedom. Yeah. But in terms of my time, yeah. you know, so I feel like every morning I get up, I've got to make the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> got to make... Gotta make the art, but it's yeah. it's such a privilege. Yeah, you know, and hmm. it's and it, it's exciting. What do you make of the uh, the the crazy like uh, rent prices of, of Boston and how high it keeps getting? <laughs> Awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel I feel terrible for people who. I mean, how in hell do people come up with the scratch anymore just to rent a place? I know. Who knows? <laughs> sell drugs, I mean, maybe. Sell themselves, sell drugs, right? Right. Yeah. No, I, I just, you know, we were really fortunate to. Um, I was working in the studio, in, <clears throat> the studio I was working in in West Newton. <clears throat> the, um, the woman of the couple was doing printmaking out of that studio. Oh, wow. And uh, so she was advertising. Yeah. And, sorry, I got <coughs> something in my throat. Oh. Oh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but it was on the market for a long time because they were trying to sell it during the pandemic. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, right? And mm. so it was on the market, and she publicized it, you know, fl put a flyer around on the bulletin board and everything. And I looked at it and was like, gosh, that I can't have that. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, three months later, no, no buyer, so she publicized it again. Yeah. I was like, God, I'd love to do that, but I can't have that. Yeah. And then the third time, it was like, <laughs> why can't I have that? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's worked out pretty well for you, too. It has. It has. I mean, there are things that we miss about Cambridge, like I said, but yeah. it's... Um, it's really started to feel like home sweet home. That's lovely. That's yes. awesome. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm going to live another 20 years and make this somebody's storage nightmare. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone else's problem. How do you go yes, about exactly. uh, How do you go about like archiving and storing your your works? Do you have it, like it, it hundreds actually, of paintings or it something? It hasn't been I don't have hundreds. I probably have um, tens or twenties at this okay. point. I have, I probably have hundreds of unfinished ones. <laughs> but no, I remember um, my friend who was is one of the principals of the West Newton studio, Shepard Mosley, Blue Shepard. You know, when I started painting, she said, now you had a storage problem. Right. <laughs> so that's right. Yep. Yeah. That's how it goes. Somebody yeah. once described it to me as a, an artifact, and uh, what did they say? An artifact generating interest. Like huh. you're just constantly generating things Artifacts, that you yeah. hope to keep forever, yeah. which oh, is difficult <laughs> because if you're moving a lot or you maybe have a transient lifestyle, 
Uh, it, yeah, no, you can't. What the, yeah. what the hell are you gonna do with all this stuff? Right, rent a storage right. unit. I know. Yeah. Just sell them. Well, Find somebody to buy them. I, I actually, there was somebody in Cambridge, not a bad painter, mm -hmm. who was making paintings on plywood about the size of a street sign mm. and oh. bolting them to the street signs. Oh, oh wow! I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's just like, funny. Here, art for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no surprise. Are you uh, really like? Are you really focused on sales right now, or are you mo like trying to just maybe do shows or just paint? I'm, or? I'm focused on sales probably through Open Studios. Mm. I just launched a new website. Mm. Um, there, I, I paid a company, Art Storefronts. Yeah. Mm. Um, they, they had a special going on, so I paid them a boatload of money mm. uh, <laughs> to set it up for me so I wouldn't have to deal with like, you know, setting up the payment options and mm -hmm. MailChimp and all that stuff. They yeah. did all those integrations for me. Cool. That's nice. Um, yes, that was a huge help. Yeah. All I had to do was, you know, size my photos properly and upload yeah. them and that's write good. descriptions and stuff. But yeah, so that's going on right now. They're in the process of, uh, I, I bought a little, you know, those, um, I don't know what the heck you call them. The upsell. Mm -hmm. I, I got upsold a what they call a glow up to have a designer um, work on my Facebook page. Oh yeah, which mm. is pretty lame. <laughs> but um, her her suggestions were a little bit. You know, their whole focus is sales, 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 prints, prints, prints. Yeah, and I wanted I wanted to be able to do my you know sell the book and also originals or at least yeah. show my originals to interest anybody who looked at the website to come to the open studios, yeah. that sort of thing. So for the rest of the year, yes, the answer is yes. I'm focused on sales, but once the open studios is over mm -hmm. and, and the fallout dissipates, mm. I am going to go head back into uh, art school. Oh, that's exciting. You know, I'm going mm -hmm. to study. Your classes again? I actually been taking online classes for the last two years. Wow, um, that's cool. Yeah, I, never, I didn't was get a, a degree. Huge help. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I wanted to transition from figurative to abstract, and I honestly had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'll take some courses. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. That's cool. Wow. So you're are you going for like a fine arts? Uh... No. Oh, cool. no, gotcha. no, 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 remember I said Bard was really expensive back oh. then, and oh, now okay, it's I really see, I see. expensive. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, like I, the last time I priced uh, an MFA, it was, and I don't even have a BFA. Yeah. Um, and the last time I would have to, I would have to, like, either to give them a killer portfolio, um, or though I think actually you still have to have a BFA most places. Hmm. To do the masters? But, to do a masters, but yeah. they, they start around $50,000. It's like, sorry, no, Yeah. I'm too old for that. I'm just gonna have to be Grandma Moses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like also though, if you don't, because you already have the masters in writing, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't really, if you already have one, you could probably learn a lot of the skills that you need by piecing together the things that you're interested in and well, save yourself some time. That's basically what I've been doing. Yeah. You know, like I did a, I did a, was it four months? Like a three month, four month program online. Yeah. With a painter who's out in Sausalito. Yeah. Um, and I take little onesie twosie courses as I go along and, and as, my needs change, you yeah. know. I mine YouTube a lot. Yeah. I, you know, Pinterest, hmm. whatever I can do to find stuff. What That's kind of really stuff fun. do you watch on YouTube? Documentaries and. Uh, or? 
watching some documentaries, but mostly artists working. Mm -hmm. You know, I just learn a lot by watching what they're doing. Yeah. You know, instead of instead of reading a book about, well, you can do this and you can do that, it's like, look how they put those two brushes together. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that's really cool about the things that you're saying that I think is a little different than some people that we've talked to uh -huh. is I feel like we, which this is also awesome and I love talking to these people, but I feel like we talk to a lot of people that Excuse focus, me. oh, sorry, <laughs> they focus on one thing and like really specialize in that. And it sounds like you, like the interest that you have, I know you said this earlier, but it's about learning and the process of kind of accumulating new skill sets and trying new stuff and kind of always doing something that's exciting and interesting. And I think that's a really cool attitude to have because it, like, I, I relate to that, I guess. I think that's cool, because yeah. I feel like there are some people that, not that they don't do that, but it just isn't as broad of a focus. You yeah, know? yeah, I, I probably should narrow it down, but I don't want to. I think mm -hmm. it's a strength to not, honestly, because you can dabble in a bunch of different things, and it doesn't seem, I mean, dabbling sounds pedantic, that's not what I mean, but, like... Have you ever seen... There's, there's an old newspaper clipping yeah. of uh, Frida Kahlo. I, yeah, I've seen she, she dabbles <laughs> gleefully in art yes. while her yeah. husband does the important stuff. <laughs> She's so much better than he is anyway. <laughs> right? I think having a wide range of skills is a strength regardless. I don't think specializing in one thing is the only way to go, mm -hmm. which I think is, stands out when you're talking about this because a lot of people don't seem to have that same perspective or get maybe overwhelmed by doing too many things at once or don't have the time to put towards it or feel like they don't. So it's really mm -hmm. cool to hear you saying this. I think it's inspiring for a lot of people too because I, I think that um, there's a lot of people that don't realize that they can just do things. Yeah. They can just do whatever they want or mm -hmm. they can just start something brand new, uh -huh. you know, or just refresh. Yeah. You know? yeah. And just say like, well, I, I've done this for years and years. I don't want to confuse my fans. Yeah. Like, yeah. Confuse them, it's good for them. Yeah. Right, yeah. Or, like, another thing I think that comes up a lot is when you, like, if you are that kind of person, like, I feel like I always try to get my friends on board with things that I'm doing, or, like, wouldn't it be fun if we did this together? And they're like, I've never done that. No. It's like, <laughs> why not? Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you've never done it, might be a good reason to do it. Yeah. Let's watch a tutorial and give it a shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's exciting encountering other people that think that way, because uh -huh. there's so many people that just won't even do it, you know? <laughs> But, yeah, like you were asking us earlier how we started making the podcast, and it's like, there isn't really a story we just did, I guess. Just <laughs> but, okay. yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the whole, like, thesis and, and idea of it, too, is just, like, we really want to collect as many stories as we can. Yeah. Just from, from artists, you know what I mean? And, like, I don't know, we have learned, like, I don't know, we, we learn something new every time we interview somebody but we just I feel like are just collecting so much yeah I feel like it's like collecting like spiritual information yeah just yeah. In so you're learning an absorbing by doing that. absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah so much so let me educate you about comics yeah, yeah <laughs> there please. You go. I will I will send you names and stuff I don't have to please do, do. yeah perfect. I, will, yeah. I will send you names and references and links and whatnot yeah that yeah. sounds great also I'm curious too um in terms of like you know your artistic uh, you know your work style and the way you learn and like your excitement to get into new things do you have advice for like a younger artist that like wants to be like that or isn't like that yet or somebody that's trying to kind of come out of their shell and learn and put themselves out there hmm. 
kind of a tough question sometimes. It's, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Because I've always been a neophile, I'm not 100% sure how you would yeah. convince someone. Mm. You know, like, try it. You'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's probably something you're either, something that's just part of your personality or isn't, maybe. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that's yeah. probably true. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe for the person that you're talking about, too, it would be kind of an overcoming anxiety thing. It's, it's something they're reaching for, but they're not there yet. Mm. Like, maybe it can be learned, but maybe not taught, <laughs> you know? I'm actually... Interesting, yeah. It, it may not show, but I'm actually a fairly anxious person. Me too. Mm. <laughs> I <really laughs> <do that. laughs> But it's usually because I'm like, oh, gotta do that. Oh, I forgot to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like that's part of the reason why I have so many ongoing tasks. Is like, in the middle of doing something, I'll remember I was in the middle of something else, and I'll mm-hmm. just jump to that. So <laughs> if I just had brain. one thing, it'd be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just have ADD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fun though. It's it's a fine way to be. Okay, look, I have to I have to go upstairs and grab something. Okay. Oh, please do. Another another cartoonist. Wonderful. And, uh, this one I know where it is. Oh. <laughs> chewing ice. What's up? I said, did you just chew ice? I chewed a little ice. Oh, nice. I had a little bite. A little bite of ice. I saw a post on Facebook the other day from this person that was like, for those who don't know, you can buy bagged ice at this one supermarket near my hometown for people that love to chew ice. And I was picturing just buying a bag of ice just to snack on. I was like, that's crazy. That's a, that's a There's creepy, nothing wrong with it. It's really... <laughs> That'd be so strange. Did you guys ever see Raw Magazine? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is... Your last response. This is one of my treasures. This was... This blew my mind when I first saw it, because all the cartoonists that I was admiring were very careful draftsmen, mm-hmm. and drew stuff really cute. Look at this shit. Wow. Look at this shit. I mean, he, <laughs> and, and, and the way his mind works, it's either them or me, and I'm not sure which. <laughs> is this in cardboard as a protected thing, or is that part no, of that's the print? No, pr- that is how it was pr- published. They oh, published so cool. with a cardboard yeah. uh, like cover. And it's called Jimbo. Yep. Wow. What year was uh was was this this, is, this come out? Well, he was he drew this wow. in '78, but I think this came out in '81, '82. I don't know if there's a '82. Would you right. consider yourself a bit of a comic historian? Oh God, no. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing. You want a comic historian? You want to talk to Carl Carl Stevens? Okay. Is this a friend he's, of yours? Uh, he lives in the building. Oh, wow. Cool. He's a cartoonist. He's currently working on a project with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, wow. He's doing a book that's going to be tied in with a movie. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and he's an amazing draftsman Sounds artist. Sounds like a good gig. This is so neat. The, like, mark making is so experimental. Right? And look what he does here. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the cardboard cover too. That makes my like brain buzz thinking about <laughs> ways that you could do that. Huh. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna stop in a minute. I promise. No, it's okay. <laughs> 
Hmm. Hmm. It was like every panel is different. Yeah, I was gonna say the like ink wash or watercolor wash on these ones versus mm -hmm. the mark making in the beginning. It was also linear and scratchy. I'm pretty interested in the print the printing process as well. Like so, in terms of medium, you know, there's probably only like four tones. It seems in terms of like the the gray scale. Yeah. Like, where was this like? Actually, I don't even know how to ask the question I'm asking. But like, were these done? Do you think they were color and then made to black and white for print? It, no, they were probably well. No, these the black and white were probably black and white. But mm. yeah. ink drawings. He, he he does a lot of yeah ink drawings, but he does a lot of uh, color work as well. I I will send you information. Yeah, Wonderful. absolutely. You can friend him on Facebook too. He's really? A, he's a very nice man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I actually think I'll do that. Cool. <laughs> cool. Oh, wow. Do you know the artist um, Linda Barry? Yes. I love her. I have um, yes. the, one of her big hardcover books my mom gave me when I was um, 17. And I have it in my room, and I look at it all the time, and I actually forget what the name of it is right now. The Way It Is, maybe? Or What It Is? What It Is, I think is what it's called. Probably What It Is, yeah. yeah. And um, that, I remember was one of those things like when you find something in high school when you're first kind of getting your style that uh -huh. really influenced me and it reminds me of that the same kind of messy like experimental sort of yeah. approach like yeah. not tight lines but like mixed media watercolor lined paper sometimes yeah like, so more painterly rather than illustratorly yes yeah hmm. although I, I I have a real problem with people that think that illustrators aren't artists. Yeah. I just want to get that out. Yeah. yeah what's up with that <laughs> distinction? Did I, people used to say that about like Norman Rockwell, didn't yes, they? That he wasn't yeah. a painter, he was a yes, whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> he was he was looked down on for the longest time. Strange. Yeah. You know, so just an illustrator. But then he's like an iconic artist. <laughs> but right? No one like makes <laughs> now, art like yeah. him. Oh yeah. <laughs> now he is. Interesting. Huh. What generation was he part of? Like, do you? I don't even know when uh, he was like. He might have been a little older than my parents. Forties, fifties. Or like, yeah, my parents were born. Greatest in generation in guy. The early twenties. Mm. So. Hmm. Interesting. I think it's interesting too, because I think we've talked about this a little bit, but there's so much conservatism in the way that people think about what art is, which is funny because a lot of people think that it's automatically not a conservative field. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the idea of like, it's only abstract expressionism or it's only conceptual. You can only be painterly or else you're fucked. <laughs> like, That's a good yeah. point. It's gonna be... A lot of gatekeeping yeah. in terms of what, what right. is or isn't. And historically... Well, when, I, when I started with the Procreate, yeah. um, I was working out of the print studio. Yeah. And, uh, and I kept getting this this thing from the printmakers yeah. about well you know what I really love about about art is the you know the the touch of the human hand mm. and you know at the time I was kind of like oh geez they're snooting me you know? oh the digital yeah but yeah because it, I was oh, doing digital yeah. work yeah and you know the other night I was sitting working with my stylus on my iPad and I was going yeah. how is this not the human hand <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they use presses those are machines yeah so. Yeah, if you're making a print, it's the same thing. Right. But, yeah. Do you feel like you, a lot of your peers or friends of yours uh, do digital art too, or is are you like the only one in I'm the group? I'm the only one I know of. Oh wow. Because hmm. um, I I feel like I, it's funny because like I, growing up and in high school and stuff, like there were times where I feel like I knew more people that were doing work on like tablets and mm -hmm. iPad drawing than people who wanted to be painters. Yeah, but that's an age-bound thing. Mm -hmm. I mean. 
iPads didn't exist. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> when I started drawing, right. you know, I mean, acrylics didn't exist. Acrylic paint did not exist ten years before I started using them. Wow. They did not even exist. They were developed in the '60s. That's really cool. Wow. So what? Yeah. What was that like? When was the first time you heard of acrylic paint? That part. Yeah. Really, and they were yeah. like, "Here's and this new that stuff." Was all like, you know, rapidographs and watercolor. Like gouache oh. or something, or tempera. Yeah, I never, I never, I never cottoned to tempera because I tend mm. to dislike opaque mm. layers yeah. of color. I really prefer Makes translucency. Sense. So watercolor was more my jam. Cool. That's so funny to think about that because acrylic is like the main, like that's like the leading thing. It's like the most common yeah. medium right yeah. now. It's like talking about drawing without a pencil. <laughs> what was its reputation at the time? Were people like really into it? Like, oh, this great new stuff. Or was it like people thought it was stupid? Or... No, it was, they, they thought it was pretty great new stuff. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, I probably, I'm sure I had the opportunity to, to take oil painting classes. But once I found out water cleanup, yeah. Right. Oil. yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I feel the same way. It's like it takes it makes everything take a lot longer and there is payoff, but uh -huh. it's just so I don't have the patience. <laughs> I don't either. I'm very impatient. Yeah. So hmm. you do a lot of work with oils. Yeah, I mean even at that though, like one way that I deal with that the problem of cleanup and stuff is that I have a whole different set of brushes that are for acrylic. Mm -hmm. And they never have oil paint touch them ever. Yeah. And the ones I use for oil, I never clean. Yeah. I just let them be disgusting, yeah, just... ruined brushes. <laughs> and so they sit, sit in the solvent or sit in the yeah. oil or something. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it all evaporates, and I ruin all my brushes, and that's that. <laughs> so, so I used to oil paint a lot, a lot more than I do now. But yeah, it's it's stupid that I was even doing it in some ways, though. Or it's kind of it's kind of weird because I oil paint the way that you would use acrylic anyway. Like, I don't, I'm not doing, like, fancy Renaissance shit. Like, like I'm just fucking painting. So it's kind of like, why, people have said that to me before. They're like, what? Like, you're, you're just acrylic painting with oils. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that That's means. That's cool thing <laughs> to say. <laughs> but, you know, if you, if you look at, I mean, I follow a lot of art blogs and stuff. And if you look at those um, and the stuff that's on exhibit now, yeah. like, I follow galleries and stuff, Oil on linen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oil on linen. Oil on linen. I think it's just a fancy thing to say. I think. I think it just is. A, it almost feels like it's marketing. Like it's just. Yeah. It's yeah. just expensive. Uh, yeah, shit. I agree. I agree. I think it's to appeal to the uh, upper, upper end market. Yeah. yeah. High end retail. Exactly. Right. Which I get it. Do you got to do? I guess. I mean, it's probably <laughs> nice to paint on linen. I don't even know if I ever have. I wonder how much it costs to get it. The earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive material. That piece of can that's cotton canvas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Over two hundred dollars. I believe it. Wow. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was just like a, a blanket. You yeah. know, it wasn't even a roll or anything. Just oh, a blanket. Wow. <laughs> that's why it still has wrinkles in it. Although they're finally they're finally coming out a little bit. I didn't even realize until you mentioned <laughs> I thought that was just a plaster like drywall wall. Me yeah, too. I'm really, I'm really tempted to Morris Lewis it, but I don't dare. Yeah. <laughs> because I'd probably ruin the, um, the chipboard. What oh, is Mor Morris Lewis? Morris Lewis was a, a color field painter. Okay. I think it was color field. Anyways, yeah, he just poured like loose paint, oh, very, wow. very thin oh, yeah, paint, yeah. and made these gorgeous waterfalls of color. Mm. Oh, that's tempting though. Yeah, <laughs> the big canvas right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little squirt bottle. <laughs> mm. So you guys 
want to see some art? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave it there. I didn't mean to keep you in here now. Oh, it's okay. That's okay. That's the point. <laughs> well, that's right. You can be a. <laughs> that's what we specialize in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, I mean, we try. <laughs> All right, so this, this building is where I was about six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful piece. Thank you. I almost sold it, and then my, the friends were going to buy it back out. But, uh, uh, that's the worst. But that's, that's Somerville, can you tell? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. okay. Where in Somerville? Um, up on, uh, oh gosh. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Broadway. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hmm. Up on the hill, winter hill, I guess. I used to live around there. I lived on uh, Wigglesworth Street for a long time. Or a couple years. Wigglesworth? Yeah. No kidding. That <laughs> painting's title is Wigglesworth. Are you serious? That's serious. so funny. Did you, did you live near there or something? No. I just... I just... Um, I tend to come up with my paintings while I'm working. And I, I was looking at this going... Everything that I have done, I mean, there's a lot of different layers there, and they're all wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's really funny. Also, I have to compliment you on your, your studio setup. It's, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Thank I you. I like how this is all set up. Thank you. It's the type of setup that makes you want to make art. So, exactly. I suppose yeah. that's the point. I mean, I, I walk, I also, <laughs> I work out, see, there's my gym there. Okay, And I cool. work out in this room, and oh, it's, nice. it's really difficult because I walk out here, roll out the, the yoga mat, and then I'm like over here going, I wonder if this needs just a little, <laughs> just a little something else. Mm. I notice you paint, you have a lot of masonite paintings, or the wood board mm. paintings. Uh, yeah. Do you prefer the, uh, that over, over canvas? Or? Yeah, just, I don't like canvas because it bounces. Mm, okay. Mm, yeah. It drives me crazy. And also, my hands are not up to stretching canvas anymore. I spent too oh. many years um, waiting on tables and tending bar and that kind of yeah. thing. So. Oh, okay. Were you a bartender for a long time? Oh, yes. Really? Okay. <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> maybe now that you say that, like maybe yeah. in the enthusiasm and, and talking and stuff, I could I could see that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Did you do that when you were younger or through? Uh, through? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, growing up in Vermont, there isn't much to do for jobs. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but the tourist industry um, hires yeah. a lot of people. Hmm. Especially young kids. Yeah. I was a server for a couple of years at the end of high school and beginning of college. I'm from Plymouth, so similar kind of thing. A lot of tourists mm -hmm. come through for the bar strip mm -hmm. and stuff. And I, we were talking on the way here about how I want to get a serving job again this fall, probably. Mm. But it's a very well, fun industry. It is. It like, is. You have to be the right kind of person, I think. But Well, yeah, you yeah. do. Mm. I had a lot of fun in it, but, you know, the last time I got a bartending job, I was 
almost 50 years old. Yeah. And I was, I was just too old. Yeah. You know, everything hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll kind of kick your butt a little bit. <laughs> uh-huh. So you mentioned earlier, too, that you did, you did not like the starving artist's life, which I imagine led you to working, mm-hmm. right? So I get, uh-huh. what is your... What is your advice for people who who are not making any money off their art, but need to make the art just for their own, you know, soul? You know, like what do you what do you think? Like, is it just a? Do you think a, you are you a believer in like you just need a day job and to just make the art at night, or you think yeah, like pr- pretty much, yeah, mm-hmm. um, because I mean there are trade offs. There mm-hmm. always are. If you have the day job, then you know, if inspiration strikes, too bad, you know, you're carrying mm. the, the stuff over to table 40, you right. know, but if, uh, if you don't have the day job, you're constantly stressed about where's the money going to come from. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, find, find something kind of stupid, not too demanding. Yeah. You know, don't go into the corporate world. <laughs> don't, don't go there. Don't do that what I did. Mm. But, um, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it, since since I got old and retired from corporate life, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I have I have savings and that kind of thing, so I'm financially secure. Uh, I regret the years I spent there, mm-hmm. um, more because I didn't spend a lot of time doing. I just spent no time doing art during those years. Yeah. I mean, I had had to kind of get all my chops back mm-hmm. when I started up again, but. Um, lost it whatever it was mm. <laughs> the thought has escaped <laughs> no i mean it is a really interesting predicament because a lot of people maybe feel like they should try their hand at like just leaving their job and tightening their mm-hmm. belt and trying to like just sell shit all day or mm. well, to teach or it, do lessons or something well it, teaching and doing lessons will at least bring you some money mm. yeah that's right? true yeah whereas you know my, i didn't want to teach so that basically left a day job or night yeah. job, you know, depending. <laughs> um, and, you know, what I found was I made barely enough money to get by and didn't do the art anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's difficult. It's difficult. It's Although I, when I was in San Francisco, I did. I, that's actually when I started. I started cartooning, and then I met a cartoonist who was also a printmaker. Yeah. And so I got into... Um, printmaking, otherwise I wouldn't have. And uh, I did that for quite a number of years. So, But only like really simple, simple baby printmaking. I didn't do anything fancy. It was just intaglio and... Um, Is that how you pronounce that? In, in, intaglio? I That's yeah, what I say. It's, I think it's intaglio. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. That makes more sense. It's Italio. <laughs> cool. Right. <laughs> well, I could be completely wrong. It sounds right. It sounds better than what we I We could ask Mr. Google, but why? We right, could just yeah, speculate. Who cares? Yeah, right. It's more fun that way. It's better for the episode if we don't yeah. remember. Right. Well, in terms of like working like in the corporate world and then returning to art, I mean, it seems like it wasn't terrible. I mean, you yeah. have this wonderful studio it, and these, you know. Well, it, it helps. The other thing, it helps a lot to have is a uh, sugar daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or wealthy parents. Gotcha. Yeah. Sure, know. yeah. My, my parents, they weren't super rich, but they did okay. And mm-hmm. uh, 
I inherited enough money that I could retire yeah. wow. with what I'd saved. Hell yeah. So, that's yeah. incredible. When you said you went back to art in 2015, was that kind of how that happened? Like you left Yeah, a, okay. yeah my, my parents died, oh. um, and uh, we moved back from Vermont because yeah. uh, my husband's a city boy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would have been happy to stay there, but it wasn't going to be feasible. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I didn't know that I was, I honestly didn't think I was going to inherit very much money. Yeah. And I did. So, Hell yeah! You know, with with what with what I'd been socking away in my four hundred one k, yeah, and you know, so it it helped just to be able to. It, it gives you, I mean, money isn't everything, you know, but it gives you freedoms, yeah, you know, from from worry, freedoms from being evicted, yeah, you know, from being priced out of markets, that sort of like so health it, problems, it, even. Yeah. yeah, so it really helps. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, those, all those things are so important to getting in the right headspace to be able to make your art, like your hierarchy of needs, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and maybe there is an element of sacrifice required in terms of, like, wanting to do something as, I don't know, as as difficult as it is to make it with art, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps I haven't even sacrificed enough. You know, maybe <laughs> I need to sacrifice more, I don't know. <laughs> you could say. It is interesting talking to people about their like careers I feel like everybody always talks about concurrent careers when you talk to somebody that's an artist because they have the art stuff and then however they're making the art stuff happen mm -hmm. um and it's fun hearing the ways that people make that work because I feel like so much of it is piecing things together just to be able to have all of it you know mm -hmm. which I can very much relate to <laughs> not outside of that list <laughs> well I mean it's taken me it's taken me decades to get here. Yeah. Mm. Decades. And, and a long time away from art. Yeah. Just because I figured, okay, you know, I'm not going to make it, so yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel like it was liberating to come back? And, like, because you, in, in terms of making it and stuff, like, because do you, like, when you started making art again, was it just, like, did you have any kind of different perspective on that idea of becoming a su successful artist? Was it just, like, who cares? I'm just, I just like to do this? Um... I have a pretty strong perfectionist streak, okay. and so it was like, I am going to be good at this. <laughs> okay. I, re I respect that. No, that's yeah. a really, yeah, that makes sense. Just being like, you know what? I did my time. I worked this job. I'm going to be an amazing artist now. Yeah. Is that to hell with all this. <laughs> to, to expand the question a little bit, too, how do you define being a successful artist? Like, what does that mean for you? Oh, man. Sorry, it's a hard question. <laughs> a broad That's, one. That is a really, it's a really hard question. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think it would be like, oh, it'd be nice to have a little, you know, little income stream from my prints, yeah. you know, from my website. Um, mm. it, that would be nice, you know, yeah. being able to make, not a living, but at least some money. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've, I've pretty much given up on the idea of actually making a living at it, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, or being like one of the people that ends up at the Venice Biennial or something. Know, like, that's yeah. never going to happen. Right. But um, I, I think it would be, you know, when I go into the studio every day and I'm happy with at least one thing I produce. Yeah. And I, right now, I'm not happy with anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all, you know, I mean, it's, you must know, it's like, Everyone else looks at it and goes, oh, that's that's so great. And yeah. you look at it and go, yeah, but there's that area in the corner. <laughs> it's like you only think that because you don't get it. You don't know right. how to do right. it. So right. You don't like it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and it's one of the one of the worst things you can do 
<laughs> I learned this the hard way. I did a painting of, uh, it was actually a copy of a painting of a photo that somebody else was doing yeah. of, of an Irish farm with some clouds in the background. And the, the clouds were awful. They looked like popcorn to me. Oh. And, you know, but people loved the painting. Yeah. And a friend of mine almost bought it, and I said, I don't know, don't you think the clouds look like popcorn? And she said, I can't buy it now. <laughs> oh my God. So, somebody else did. Yeah. But by then I learned to keep my mouth shut. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's the worst thing, too, is, like, by the time that you've completed a piece, nobody... Maybe this is pessimistic, but nobody's going to look at it as long as you have after the months that you've put into this project. Exactly. So if there's something that is wrong with it, just don't say anything. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. And only you know what it was supposed to be yeah. in your mind. Yeah. You know, and it always falls short. Yeah. It always falls short. The one, this is one of the few things that didn't fall short, and I didn't even intend to make it. I like this a lot. I love it. Mm. Yeah. It's a beautiful little landscape. You know how I made it? How? I was working on several of these boards at once, and I had too much paint on one of the boards. Yeah. And I turned it around, and that's the offset. Oh, wow. Mm. That's cool. <laughs> you know, and I looked at it later, and I was like, mm. that's really nice. I think I won't touch it. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes those are the best pieces where you where you stop at just the just that perfect moment. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like, haven't learned when that moment is. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard. So maybe I don't. Maybe that's the artist's journey, right? Is to right. learn like when to stop. Yeah, I'm not very good wow. at it. I just keep going and going. Yeah, and then you take it too far, and you're like, it was better before I did mm -hmm. this. Yeah, no. There's a lot of things here that have many paintings under them. Mm. <clears throat> Do you like just blast over them a lot when you don't like it? Well, this is this is this is actually all offset. Oh wow! From from boards and palettes you know if I've got a palette with paint on I don't hate wasting paint yeah so I'll just slap it down on there and rub on it a little bit and drag it around and see what happens and eventually I'm going to turn it into something yeah that's fun mm -hmm. I really like this piece of the vase too the line in that is so cool the line the way that the it's like diagonals are it's pink what's up it's pink <laughs> this is, I tried painting on both sides of this because oh. this is uh, oh it's transparent yeah. oh wow cool. and it, it didn't really work but mm. huh. well oh my god thank you so much for bringing us through your studio and yeah <laughs> and educating us on this <laughs> interesting information well, if you have Beautiful any questions stuff. or want to know anything more you know give me a hoot yeah of course do I, do I have your email you know, oh, I actually don't think number. we we could, we'll give it to you, but yeah, yeah, I think I just did phone. Yeah. We we got in contact with you through Dwayne. Through Dwayne, yeah. 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 I think he he's a phone guy, <laughs> phone call guy mostly. So. Yeah, he is. He, is. <laughs> he just he's sent me Mr. a couple iPhone. phone, yeah. right? <laughs> sent me a couple phone numbers just to get in touch with people. So, also, yeah, oh. thank you for uh, participating in this too, because we're yeah. doing a a kind of mini series on Fort Point mm -hmm. people for the yeah. Open Studios. So hopefully, we can get some. You know, Some people traction. looking, <laughs> looking through, uh, paying attention through that, but yeah. Alrighty. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, we yeah. So I guess I'll. What uh, also is there any uh, thing that is coming up for you, or like any upcoming projects or releases that you would? Open studios. Open yeah. studios come and, through. And my website. Yeah, we'll uh, and we'll your link website that. Link. Um, we should. 
include that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, so we'll get. It's, uh, it's being worked on, but okay. You know, yeah. It's, okay. Uh, and I, I'll send you all my social and stuff. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. And is there any photos of anything too that you want us to include? We have a little blog on our website where we put the visual stuff so people can kind of follow up while they're listening. That's new. I just made that a few weeks ago. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I, I don't know. What do you, you want a photo of me? You want a photo of the of some work? I guess anything you want to share or something maybe we talked about, like maybe something sure. from one of the uh, little zines you were showing us or comic books. Mm. Yeah. I'll take a couple photos of some of the zines if that's okay. I participated in open studios at Brick Bottom one year as, a, as an associate. Yeah. And, you know, they had me out in the hallway. And so I had a lot of traffic coming through. And this guy came through. And he was horrified that I was letting people take pictures of my work. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, they're going to steal it. I'm like, I'm really not worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> See, oh, that's, that's interesting that you brought that up because we've had that conversation before where I feel the same way. We share that opinion. But it seems like that seems like a really popular thing where people feel like it's being like they're, they're harvested being or, yeah. or stolen. Well, it might, yeah. you might see, you might see your stuff crop up on some... Chinese website somewhere, but right. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, who cares? I know. Honestly, yeah. who cares? It mm. sucks when it happens, but I feel like most of the time someone's just putting it on their own Instagram because they like right. it or whatever. Right. It's like that's kind of that's giving you reach, I guess. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had anybody um, like claim that put my stuff up and claim it's theirs. Yeah. Yet. I had someone sell T-shirts with my T-shirt design on it one time, and one of Ooh. their friends got in a fight with her and then sent me the picture of it just because they were fighting. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it was really funny. Real. Yeah. I was like, you didn't really do this for me, but I get it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so then she just took it all down. So I was well, like, whatever, I guess. It <laughs> was kind of weird. <laughs> oh, it's not like I sell a lot of t-shirts either. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I don't know why me, but. Well, you were for a while. You had a good run. Yeah, I guess. Anyway. I like markets in Cambridge Elks Lodge. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was funny. Other than that, though, I've, I had my stuff online since I was like 15 years old and nothing really happens most of the time. Right. Yeah. Or I don't hear about it anyway. Mm. <laughs> oh, dear. Who could say? That's uh, very discouraging to hear. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, cool. I think that's a good, uh, a good place to leave it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. You were cool. Boston Art Podcast is an independent DIY production by Brian Huntress and Theodora Earthworms. The information contained in this episode represents the views and opinions of the original creators or our guests, and does not represent any institution, organization, or business. Find us on Instagram at Boston Art Podcast, and tune in for a new episode every Friday. Thank you for listening. <laughs>